wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show, where we come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern and talk about guns for about an hour. And we have some people joining us. we got a dog jumping in from Nevada. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite. Uh, Pink's jumping in from Ohio. Yep, thanks for the invite. Bet. Thanks for jumping in. And also, uh, what are we calling tonight, Betty, from northern Nevada. Yes, <clears throat> glad to be here. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, guys, for jumping in. Uh, we're running this live on YouTube because I'm lazy. Uh, so we'll be moving it over to GunTube, especially since I see so many people joining us on the YouTube side. So nobody's on the Gun Channel side, really. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's some people on the Gun Channel side, but so many people on the YouTube side chatting it up. Uh, I'm going to move it over to GunTube probably next week. So uh, then we simulcast it over on GunChannels.com. GunChannels.com is a community that's going on five years old. It started by a bunch of people who were using the shitty YouTube platform. It sucks. And uh, people had seen that, you know, grassroots uh, individuals making a change, uh, make an effort, making a change, make an effort, uh, had uh, done, had uh, affected change. It had uh, gotten enough people uh, up out of uh, their couches and out to the voting booths that, uh, actually not to the voting booths, even just to their computers to write some emails that it uh, prevented any of the uh, uh, runaway, I don't know, horrible crap that could have happened after uh, Obama's 23 executive actions. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that here. I do appreciate people that are on the gun channel side. So, um, uh, anyway, uh, we uh, saw that there was some apathy. There was people that were more than willing to sit right the fuck back down on their couch right after the uh, uh, the immediate uh, battle was won, or at least uh, uh, they sat back down and didn't push it, and they sat back down, the, the gun owner sat back down on their couches and uh, continued to watch YouTube videos like it was just a new version of uh, television. And uh, we created gun channels in, uh, in part as a way to combat that and to encourage people who are creating content on their own, something interesting and something unique and for a place for people who are interested in that kind of content to, uh, to hang out. And uh, yeah, we have to run this on YouTube now or we don't have to. I've been running it on YouTube now because uh, I'm lazy. So we'll probably move it over to guntube.org uh, next week and uh, broadcast over there. Uh, and then uh, participate in the text chat over on Gun Channels, at least while it remains. I'm going to be looking for some feedback on that. We're paying quite a bit of money on the uh, for the, the text chat, but unfortunately it doesn't seem like a lot of people want to use it. So I'm not, I'm te cheap and I'm broke. So I'm not interested in paying over 100 bucks a month for a chat thing that no one's even using and everybody you know says sucks. So uh, we could turn it off and we could just have it be a website that uh, has the main news feed and everybody can go hang out on YouTube and just, you know, post things on gun channels, I guess. Um, or uh, we could, uh, I don't know, I'm looking for comments and I'm looking for suggestions on that. Or we could, uh, you know, all 
take the extra step and give some love to the other platforms like GunTube, GunStreamer, BitChute, and some of the other stuff that's out there, so that way we can kill YouTube's uh, throttle hold on us and get yeah. over and get over on gun channels where we all belong. YouTube only has a throttle hold on people that are on YouTube, so it's not like it's taken over the internet or anything. But uh, what YouTube does have is the ability to do that live text chat, and it's pretty convenient because it works so easily. Um, and that's one of the things we have on gun channels, but it's old and crickety and breaking, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed. The uh, I don't know. It must be going out of style or something because I'm not having good luck uh, finding a replacement or a better option for it. Uh, most of the other options are closed down or, or even shittier. So, um, like I say, I'll be reevaluating that, and um, except for, uh, well, gun tube... Night Strike's got some kind of chat stuff happening when you're in a hangout, but it doesn't do you much good when you're just sitting around BSing. So um, I think one idea might be to uh, take the chats off the channels so that their people don't get confused, because right now I guess people see the chat rooms on the channels as a flashback to the, or a reminiscent of the original uh, layouts. And uh, there's not that many people around, I don't think, from the original layout. So I don't know why we keep putting the chats there anyway. Just leave the chat down in the bottom bar and see if people deal with it that way. And uh, you know, use the chat in the bottom bar for you know, exclusively. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Bottom bar chat works on any screen you're on, so I'm down with it. Yeah, but the bottom bar chat's uh, one that actually scrolls continuously. You don't have to keep refreshing the page to. Uh... Yeah, and that's just a factor of it being broke or whatever. But really, the concept of having channels was so that people could have their own individual place. You know, a little right. area of gun channels. Once you take that away, uh, and people are already, as we see, like hanging out on YouTube more than on gun channels anyway. You know, when gun channels was first made, it was because YouTube's pretty shitty for their. Uh, communication, at least what people are familiar with. And, uh, people just don't know what they what we used to have, I guess. So what we've got now is adequate for everybody. Um, but you know, like not being able to share links and stuff, I was a pain in the ass for a long time. Uh, you know, trying to have any kind of conversation with somebody or explain something, you couldn't drop a link. That was pretty tough. So you know, having that feature over on gun channels was certainly handy. Yeah, all right, good. So thanks, Ozzy, for uh, breaking up the uh, topic here. There's no reason to harp on that. So Illinois, uh, Ozzy just posted something over on the main page of Gun Channels, speaking of Gun Channels. <clears throat> Boom. Uh, 58 states. So 58 out of 102. That's more than 50%. Are now sanctuary uh, gun counties in Illinois. That's very by, nice. What I feel do you mean by sanctuary gun gun counties? Well, basically, Illinois is one of those states where a lot of people get yanked around by the people in Chicago, predominantly, and then I guess a little bit here in Springfield, and then wherever these idiots are down here. So um, uh, they've been putting out all kinds of crazy gun laws, right? And these these counties have said, we will not uh, comply, we will not 
enforce, I guess is the right word. We will not enforce uh, what we perceive as bad gun laws from the state. So if the state comes along and imposes some, you know, infringement above and beyond the Second Amendment or whatever is existing, these states have said they're going to become sanctuary cities where they're going to instruct their officers not to enforce those laws. I think that's the way it sums it up. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm living now. Uh, this county here, um, they don't even recognize what the state says about gun laws. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, our, well, that's the beautiful thing about this state is that uh, this state has no gun laws, pretty much. Though so that's, you know, so. Well, for us here in Nevada, uh, with a Democrat governor and everything, we're going to start in uh, the influx of Californians into uh, like northern Nevada and uh, Las Vegas. We're going to start seeing a lot more crazy gun laws in Nevada. Well, it just means we're going to have to fight them tooth and nail. Yep. But uh, it's kind of nice because this is an open carry state. But like in Reno, uh, no one would dare like open carry, you know, uh, here because of the amount of ranchers and whatnot, everybody's open carrying. It's, it's not, it's not a thing. It's like normal. It's like, why aren't you carrying, you know? Yep. To get pretty much true in every big city you get out in the country and it's not a thing anymore right they look at you like you're weird because you're not caring you know where is your gun right you know yeah which is kind of refreshing and nice to tell you the honest truth um i don't have to worry about being politically correct Well, that's all that that's the that's the beauty of living out living out in that part of the country is yeah. that people are uh, people are willing to just let you be you. Yeah. All right, so we're looking for some topics tonight. Usually on Fridays we do uh what tech or industry. So uh, we're looking for comments coming in on the checks chat out there. Or if you uh, have some ideas. Well, I mean, did anybody else look at Kimber's uh, striker fire model that's coming out? As far, I guess that would qualify as tech. Just what Yankee showed us yesterday. Okay. Uh, Better it, than look, that other dumb one was at the solo with that stupid safety on the back. So it's yeah, different looking. You know, he showed it next to a solo and was saying that it was the same gun. So not the biggest fan of Kimber. I don't hate him. I'm, they're right in the middle for me. So. I. I do think it's interesting to see a company that uh, like them diversifying so much in the last couple of years, though. It's kind of nice to see. Yeah, I think, well, I think they saw that they were falling behind the curve with all the other companies putting um, out new things. Yeah, but would they have been better to double their efforts on making better 1911s and then own that 
and then instead of trying to throw an all metal pocket gun. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that them doing this, regardless of whether I, I like the gun or not, um, it shows that they're willing to innovate, and hopefully they'll bring that innovation full circle and put it into their 1911s. You know, I'd like to start seeing things like MR, um, you know, the new optics and stuff uh, starting to become more standard on higher end firearms or just firearms in general. Yeah, Yankee put out a video today with that 10 millimeter. Kimber is bringing out with the RMR. Kind of an interesting topic for me is high tech versus low tech. So the versatility of a revolver so that you can use things like snake shot and this and that uh, versus a semi-automatic. The low tech has a tendency to be much more versatile use for me. I don't know if that's something that people would have an opinion upon. Uh, I, I've seen snake shot rounds for semi-autos. Yeah, you could put a mag of snake shot, I guess. They're not going to cycle, probably, or maybe, depending on the gun, I guess. Uh, are you saying that you're going to carry a revolver with normal defense rounds, and then when you see a snake unload and reload with snake shot, or you're going to leave snake shot in all the time and reload when you need it defensively? No. Uh, if uh, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm just out walking the property, I carry just snake shot with me because that's what I'm going to run across. Uh, and it takes care of any other type of predator, you know, gets rid of them uh, as far as that. Um, <clears throat> but if I was carrying like concealed carry or carrying in town or anything like that, then I would not use snake shot. I would use that. I would use real rounds in the revolver. It's not a matter of changing it in and out in one thing. It's a matter of which revolver I'm going outside with that day. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never come into a situation where I've needed to like draw down hard on a snake. So I've just, I've never thought anything of putting in a you know dropping a dropping my magazine and manually loading a snake shot round into like my Glock or anything. Never thought about it. No, I mean, the topic for me was the versatility of a, of a revolver and the different types of ammo available versus the versatility of a semi-automatic and the ammo relative to that. So it was a tech question. It, my use is irrelevant to the fact of talking about the versatility of revolvers versus semi-automatics. I don't know if that's a conversation we've had before that I, I you guys might have had it and I wasn't around. Well, I'm sure the conversations come around in multiple times. Oh. It was just a tech suggestion. That's all. Groovy. So, has anyone else seen the uh, commercial for the new gun lock that they're trying to market? that's supposed to be the new faster chamber lock. And uh, uh, I wish I had saved it. It's one of these gadgets they're trying to raise money for, or they're trying to, it has a dial on it. And you, not, you don't have to pay attention because there's no numbers, response to clicks. 
and they've been trying to market it now and raise money for a couple of years. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, I don't like their design, but I don't know if, you know, do, do we need another variation of a gun lock? Or, when you or, say gun lock, do you mean like a box or a like a trigger guard type? Well, box? no, they're 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 flag that locks into the chamber, and you that's how it makes the gun inoperable. Yeah, that's what their design is. I've seen I, something I, like that on Kickstarter. In my, if it's the thing I'm thinking of, I don't know. It was on one of the crowdfunding platforms, and if it's the thing I'm thinking of, it seemed like. Uh, blatant attempt a blatant attempt to exploit the situation right now knowing that if they put something like that out on the market and probably after seeing the other successful things that have come and gone like that on the market uh, that there's gonna be a bunch of people who are gonna jump on it for whatever reasons and fund it and not have much expectation of it changing anything or even coming to light it seems like one of those feel good like well harvest some money from people that want to do something but you know don't really want to do much more than open their checkbook gotcha yeah like i said i, I just uh, somebody sent me the link and i watched it and i just didn't i don't see the need why we need to invent some high-tech chamber lock on the gun i think what we have is I, it just felt like kind of a weird direction for them to try to innovate Yeah, I don't think it seemed, at least the one I was looking at, didn't seem like it, nothing about it seemed like it was from gun people. It was from people who have seen a gun before and understand how they operate and think they figured out a new thing. But, uh, I don't know. It, but I just... What it is, it's, it's not uh, something that, you know, fits to the mattress or in your bed stand. It definitely isn't going to fit in a holster. So, you know... On paper, yeah, great. Put a chamber flag in there that's got some kind of fancy, you know, uh, way to get uh, lock or whatever so that you can only get into it certain ways or whatever. But uh, what are you going to do with that thing once you've got it locked? Put it in the closet, put it in a drawer, like most people sit on the nightstand. You're going to need two hands for it. Like, it just doesn't seem thought out by somebody who was like, okay, this is what needs to be done, and how can you... You know, do something that doesn't get in the way of the job that needs to be done, but still makes it inoperable when it's just sitting. Yeah, I also thought it was very strange that the selling point they tried to make was it can be unlocked with your phone. Does I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that that's exactly what they were talking about. You know, if they were saying you can. You know, you can unlock your gun with your phone and everything. I don't want to have to go to my phone to unlock my gun. <clears throat> I just... Well, if the purpose as a gun lock is, per se, to keep it safe from children or something like that, children know how to work your your phone faster than you'd believe. You know? Uh, yeah. I just, I mean, most people, I think, we still use the little uh, the chain locks when you're going to lock up your gun that kind of way, where you run it through the uh, through the magazine well. Right. You know, I think that that's done a fine job. I don't. You don't hear a whole lot of cases of those failing for some strange reason. They're not. They're not the greatest locks in the world, but they do a fine job. I thought that this was kind of a. I, I agree with what G was saying. I thought it was sort of a ploy to try to get people 
to hype up to fund something that it's kind of a wasted development. Feels good. Uh, I mean, I'm much more interested in those uh, portable gun boxes that go in your car that you can put in your truck that have the GPS. I'm much more interested in those. So that way if your car gets stolen you or they rip out somehow manage to get the box out of your truck, you, they can attempt to track it. I think that's a better investment than one of these little lock mechanisms. I just think that, I mean, when the whole purpose of having your gun, you know, in the safe is to where you can get to it and use it when you need it, this would be just too cumbersome to get out of the uh, gun to, you know, if you're in dire need of using it. Yeah. I also thought in their little ad that they were kind of, I mean, they were putting the gun in a nightstand, like on top of the books and stuff. And it's like, who, who responsible gun people don't do that, you know? And I don't think somebody who's that irresponsible, who's going to leave a loaded gun on top of their, you know, on top of their nightstand where their kid can walk up to it is going to waste time with a gun lock anyway. But anyhow, that's a useless well, piece of tech. <laughs> Well, it's worse than useless. So the, like you're saying, you brought up a lot of things there. If they had a loaded magazine in there, super dangerous to try to rack the thing back to full lock and then take out that thing, if that's even possible. I don't know if, if it's a cam in there. It must be some kind of a cam, right, uh, that is holding it in there. Yeah. Uh, I guess they're not showing the underside of it to show us the actual mechanism, but whatever it is, a hammer and a second or two is going to knock it out of there because there's nothing about holding it in by friction into a chamber that's not going to damage the gun that's going to not be knocked out with a hammer right so yep. so anyway whatever that thing is supposed to be able to do there it looks like you need to disengage it and then rack the slide then remove it and then what you have a loaded mag in there so now there's a loaded round going in just after you got done taking the lock off with I don't know, definitely not with a shooting grip, it doesn't look like, unless you're left-handed. So it just seems like an awkward thing that you have to manipulate or whatever. All right, so that's one part of it that seems dumb. Uh, but if that thing is designed for leave and lay, lay around, then again, it's it's not, it doesn't look like it's designed to come into action or to be staged anywhere because of the bulk of it, because of the but weirdness of it. So is it designed to be in your safe? Like, that's the dumbest thing ever if you're going to put it into a safe, right? Oh, yeah, they advertised it just leaving it on tables and stuff. Yeah, so that just makes no sense. So uh, I, I think really it's uh, it's this whole, like, philosophy that we need to somehow apologize for guns because they're dangerous, and here's what we're doing to to stifle them or to make them safer. Well, I think that the, the numbers, the facts, the history of uh, data is, is what matters. And firearms-related accidents have gone down all the time. They always go down. So if this was something that was going up, if there was more people being hurt accidentally or inadvertently through ignorance or through accident, 
I could almost understand this, like this attempt at concern, but this is definitely uh, answer to a question that we don't have because there isn't more accidents. We don't need more safety. And I think this just by creating shit like this, stuff like this, products like this as they exist, it gives the antis just more fuel. Like, oh, something like this exists, so why don't we make a law that requires it? You know, this obviously exi this exists, so it must be safer to have that thing in there. I'd petition that nobody in there, no, no gun owner ever put any thought into this. This was somebody who figured, I know how a gun works and I can make a product. And if somebody's going to take that and then start creating legislation from it, then it's dangerous. So I think it's more than just a, a bad product. I think it's a dangerous product that you know, makes it seem like it's, if you weren't paying attention, like it's necessary. And that's the danger of it. You know, the way it looks, the, uh, the part that goes into the bore is shaped like a bullet. So when you unlock it and pull this off, and you rack the slide, it'll uh, be just like uh, oh, it rack, rack the slide back. back. Yeah, cause it's, uh, but it's kind of like a charging handle. Well, so, it uh, you rack the slide, and then it pops this uh, lock out. So, in theory, your ejector should pop that out. Right. Okay, then. And yeah. then a, a live round goes into the chamber. Yeah, I still think it's done. Yeah, because what if your ejector doesn't get over that the lip of this uh, oar lock? Oh, not only that, but that thing looks heavy to me. It just sounds like breaking an ejector, plus the concept itself. Like I said, I don't like any kind of thing where they advertise, where they just act like gun owners, like we're just leaving our guns out on the table around kids and stuff. You know. Now, <clears throat> I don't know, but do you guys clear your, your firearm before you put it in your nightstand? In the nightstand? You're talking about having a firearm next to your bed, okay? Why would you empty that gun? No, I would not. I mean empty it, I meant chambered. That's what, what I meant by that. Well, the gun that sits next to me at night when I'm asleep has a bullet ready to go at all times. Right. So that type of item would be absolutely, that's what I, I was trying to get at is if a firearm is not usable, then it's really not a firearm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's a puzzle that you could have fun playing with, you know, during the afternoon or something, but yeah. Might as well, might as well have a baseball bat. You know? I guess their idea is you put that thing in there, it be acts like a dummy round. Those it looks like those little yellow things are little like bolts that come out, I guess, and it somehow attached to I can't imagine what they'd attach to in there that would not hurt your gun. But anyhow, it acts as a, a dummy round slash charging handle so that like you're saying, you you click whatever combo needs to be done or you call it on your phone or you text it and then uh when you pull that thing back, it drops the next round in. So I guess it's as fast as possible for something that's in the way of a round being in your gun. Yeah, but if you're woken up in the middle of the night, you're going to remember the code to text your phone, your your 
your uh, gun lock. I get woke up in the middle of the night. I don't. I'm not messing with nothing. That's. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm gonna say. So if I use hashtag, I'm being raped. Then if I'm Instagramming <laughs> getting raped, I can put that in there real quickly, and then the rapist won't know or something, and then, boom, got my gun eventually. Yeah. Like I said, I I thought I don't like the product itself, but it just seemed like an interesting direction that. Uh, tech that they're trying to promote for guns. Yeah. It looks like you dial it forward and backwards. Like dial it forward a couple, you know, whatever, however many clicks, then dial it backwards however many clicks. And this thing recognizes, or the, you know, if you dial forward three times, dial it backwards two times, dial forward four times, it'll sit there and unlock and disengage. But not so much like dial it to the number three, but just go clockwise once, clockwise twice, counterclockwise once, clockwise twice, something like that. Yeah. You got to remember how many clicks. Well, if you got to do clicks also, then that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's. Clicks is kind of a, I would think, a fine motor skill. And when you have that much adrenaline going, you know, three becomes five pretty quickly. Yeah, it looks like they've got GPS technology in the uh, <laughs> little chamber thing. Oh, no, that's the, to, that alerts you. For, I remember that part from the commercial. That alerts you if somebody's moving your gun. It's a motion sensor. Oh, okay. It tells you if someone's picked up your gun. Which again, if I have a gun that's not in my safe, it's usually on my hip. So I just don't see the, the point. Well, I'm sure like uh, these things are just going to be handed out in little fish bowls, like regular chamber indicators, <laughs> chamber flags. So uh, how much does this thing cost? Like $700? Uh, find out. Oh, half as much as a cheap gun. Heck, you could buy a used high point for that. So, yep. So worse, worse than useless. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the whole NSSF campaign called Child Safe, where they go around acting like. You know, if you've got a gun, it's your responsibility to keep it locked up. Because, again, I, unless something's changed, we're living in a time when uh, accidents, including uh, accidents with ki children, are going down. And uh, I have a little different education theory. and lots of things. Huh? I have a little different theory, being that I had four kids. Okay. Okay. And it was like, when my kids were young, the first thing I did was taught them how to use the television, how to turn the volume up and down. When they got a little older, I showed them how, what a gun was and what it did to something. And then I got a little older, I showed them how to shoot. Okay. Um, I think educating your children is probably the most important thing, uh, more important than trying to ignore the existence then they get curious and that's how you end up with accidents and that's my point of view uh which may not be popular but 
it worked for me. Well, I don't think anybody here is going to argue against education. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, the locking oh, rack, when locked, charging the gun causes the cartridge to expand and to lock the slide. So a screwdriver and a hammer will knock it out. Problem solved. Just the hammer. There's no way that thing, what has it got, metal? Like diamond-tipped metal? Like stainless, super strong studs that are coming out and knocking into the chamber? Or is it just little pieces of brass? Because they look yellow. They, they, I think they're polymer. If they're polymer, it's coming out with a hammer. And if it's brass, it's coming out with a hammer. And if it's metal, it's still coming out with a hammer. And the worst it'll do is trash your chamber and it'll still shoot. Yep. So, yeah, worse than useless. Well, like I say, mechanically useless, I think functionally not well thought out and that's unnecessary. And then culturally dangerous because it, it suggests that there's a need to, you know, you put that much effort into something and marketing and development just creates a perception that that's a necessary thing. We've got chamber flags. Yeah, but what I mean by, I mean, my point is to it being le even more than useless is that even if I were just to look at this from a locking up my gun standpoint, putting my guns up in storage, it does not provide me any more security than the traditional little chain lock that runs through the magazine. Yeah, no, I because have a question. Because those those show that the gun is unloaded. You cannot have a loaded gun with a chain going through the magazine. Exactly. You know, I don't see this make make being any more secure than that. No, this yeah. looks like some kid could fiddle with the knob for a minute and it'll go beep or whatever to indicate that it opened, and then the kid will fiddle with it and it'll lock a live round into it, and it's completely bypassed any safety. Yep. <clears throat> that was my question. Don't. I mean, a gun owner should be responsible for securing his firearms. And if you think that a piece of technology is going to secure your firearm for you, that would make you lazy and uh, making sure your firearm is secured. I guess that's a point. Yeah, like I said, I agree with what G was saying. This is a piece of technology that nobody asked for. I thought it was interesting that somebody even thought to make something so simple, so overly complicated, you know, because we already have, like I said, we already have methods that do an equal, if not more efficient job that are not as technical or as expensive. And the way in which they marketed it by advertising like gun owners are just pulling our guns out of our holsters and leaving them on our coffee table while our kids are playing around it, I thought was, uh, kind of a slant towards gun owners in a hard way, which goes into the cultural aspect that you had been talking about. All right. Well, you gave me time to come up with two more things. It's got a battery. So what if you just leave it sit long enough that the battery dies, mm -hmm. then what do you do? And, uh -huh. then, and then it also implies, like you said, that gun owners come home and take their loaded guns out and slop them on the coffee table while they start drinking beers and neglecting their kids. Right? So now you're going to take your gun out of the holster you're going to, I guess, take the mag out, and then you're going to rack the live round that's in it, probably kind of like in one of those ways that you rack it and kind of wiggle your gun so that the round goes up in the air and you catch it, right? So because you're going to, you're the kind of guy. All Hollywood. 
Yeah, and then you're going to take your hundred and something dollar chamber flag and put it in there. And then you're going to take that extra round, you're going to put it back in your mag, and then you're going to reinsert it. So you're going to do all that not being dangerous, I guess. So even there's no scenario where you're going to come home and unload and then put in this $100 chamber flag and then reload the gun. And, and, and in what situation is that less dangerous than just coming home and leaving your gun alone? Yep. Or having one of those uh, little gun things that the built-in looks like furniture or whatever, you know? It requires yes. a little magnetic unlocking. You know, you put your gun away. You oh, you're talking your about tactical traps. Right. You secure your firearm when you come home. Have you seen the available. tactical traps on Instagrams? They're like exactly tactical wall stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen some of those things. Tactical traps now. I think it'd be more, I think it'd be cheap and you know, more economical if we just tactically trap our children when we get home instead of our fire. <laughs> Uh, you drink less, that's for sure. Um, you know, so Adam out in the chat on the Gun Channel side says he thinks it's more for staging. I would, for a hundred, for more, well, this is 119 bucks, we said? Yeah. So for 119 bucks, you can get some very nice tactical traps that you can put on your wall or elsewhere in the house for staging that would be a lot more secure. And I, mean, I was just fucking around because they're ripping off tactical walls. We don't have to to advertise either one of them you could just say hidden gun furniture oh i didn't i didn't know tactical traps was a brand i just thought you that thought that was the new name for tactical walls i liked it <laughs> oh no that's what i'm saying that's kind of ripoff company that's like got the exact same furniture as tactical walls but they're called tactical traps and they have like their sponsored ads on instagram every once in a while yeah but, i mean I, um, I, i'm thinking that most people listening to this show are the type that'll just poke around whatever furniture they already got, see where there's some open cavities, figure out how to make an access door, and done. You make your own furniture like that, right? I am handy. I agree. <laughs> uh, or you just take a, you know, saw, a little drywall saw, any kind of saw really will work in drywall, and go to. Uh, I'd go to like Habitat for Humanity. I was just digging around the Habitat for Humanity store, where they call it like restore it here now. And, uh, you know, where they have, like, building materials that are donated, and then the ones that are unused, they sell for, like, pennies on the dollar. Yeah. It's like going to a Home Depot of stuff that was donated and never used. So, anyway, there, there's, like, an aisle of vents and things, you know, uh, air vents and air conditioner returns and things. So, these little corrugated metal little vents that nobody pays any attention to. Go buy one of those for literally a buck or a quarter or something at your restore. Or your Habitat for Humanity store, grab any type of saw in the world, and then cut a rectangle the size of the inside of that thing, shove it on your wall, and either put in, you know, like take some screw heads and hot glue them into the holes, or just screw it right in, depending on how long term of storage you need. Now you just got yourself like the cheapest storage ever, and there's no burglars going to start opening up vents and see what's in there. Yep. That still goes back to the fact that you're securing your firearm, which is what you should be doing instead of putting. Mm, so you're hiding them. Now you're hiding them. I'm going to put a big sign on there that says you can take it. I'm just, no, I guess that wouldn't be hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that, again, I think all of those types of solutions we've talked about are far more effective than this. Uh, this. 
you know. And like I said, I, I think this is as far as like I know we're supposed to be on a, a tech topic, but I think that this is the type of tech that we as the gun community should potentially be watching out for, because I think that there is that market for that cultural war uh, where this kind of stuff is going to start popping up more often. Well, I'm sure the debate over the uh, electronic guns. Oh, that's coming back. You know, it's coming back. I'm sure that'll surface back up. So, like I said, that's why I, I thought this was a, a weird and not great thing, but interesting that this is what's coming up in our tech world. Very interesting. For me, it's just good to know what I'm going to avoid. <laughs> Well, better to know what your what your opponent is going to try to insist that you buy. <laughs> right. All right. So we're still looking for uh, comments or ideas from the uh, text chat out there. Uh, Adam says peeps. So left to right, only got a couple people in here. Do you eat peeps, dog? No. Pink. Only the pink ones. Uh, Ted? I don't even know what peeps are. <laughs> Them little hoops of marshmallow with sugar sprinkles on the outside. They come like nope. four back. Don't eat it. Interesting. I've eaten a peep before. I don't usually go out and buy them or nothing, though. <clears throat> because of my uh, disability, I, uh, it's hard to exercise a lot. So I have to watch my blood sugar. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's candy and sugar milk. All right, so if people don't know, we're a bunch of people that hang out on Gun Channels. Gunchannels.com is a community that we built a while back. We were chatting about it a little bit earlier in the rant. But uh, Ted is, uh, what, you were from California originally, and now you live in northern Nevada. You had some stuff happen, and now you're buying some property out there to live I on. Bought it. Well, I'm just kind of giving, getting people up to speed. So if you want to be more specific than that, feel free, but there's no need to. But if, if you're, I don't remember, so I'm asking if you want to be specific about how many acres we're talking about here. I have uh, 200 acres on the right. uh, Humboldt River. It was a fourth generation ranch, but the, the uh, old man died about 17 years ago, and it got put into a trust. The kids wanted Can you guys to hear Ted okay? Should he speak up a little bit? Um, I, I, can, I can hear Anyway, okay. the ranch kind of went to hell, so I'm rebuilding it. And my purpose in doing this is to try to be more self-sufficient. So I'm putting in uh, wind generation. I'm... Uh, uh, going to run some cattle, um, running some goats to get things, uh, you know, chopped down and back to grazing land. And uh, it, to me, it's, it's a it's a thing as I hope to achieve a goal where I'm completely self-sufficient. All right. So without getting too much into the prepping side of it, because this is the gun side of it, um, you're going to have 200 acres. You said it's sliced off of a bigger ranch you just have land though you didn't get like a chunk of the ranch's uh facilities or buildings no, or no they sold off they sold off the house as a separate property 
So you basically have a remote 200 acres and maybe you'll have neighbors eventually, but right now nothing, correct? Well, I have neighbors. Oh yeah. Oh, how many for the neighbors? My, one of my neighbors, oh, right next door to my property. Um, I'm basically uh, five minutes into the center of town. And oh. I have I have paved roads in my ranch. Well, with um, 200 acres, you've got enough room to go shoot on it, right? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, so I guess in whatever the circumstances is, what I was going to eventually get at here is you've got some land and you're basically still, I believe you're still at the uh, sketch phase. You don't have everything nailed down to what Correct. you're doing, blueprints. So what are you thinking about as far as ranges and shooting facilities and Okay, so price is no object. We don't mind you spending everything you got on this range, so <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> I uh other than the fact that I have coyotes, I have rabbits, I have everything in the world to shoot all I want. Um the county here put in a gun range and they have a handgun range they have a rifle range they have a 100 yard range a 300 yard range they have a shotgun range with built-in uh skeet shooters okay uh the uh range has uh tables with bean bags on them and it's it's a covered uh shelter for shooting and uh they have an archery range and it's all free to use go there anytime you want uh, there's no uh, monitor, there's nobody, governor, you can go to the middle of the night and go out shooting if you want. Um, so for me, spending a lot of money on a range when I have plenty of wildlife and I have plenty of things to shoot as far as that's concerned and having a range that's free to use, that's like, you know, within 10 minutes of where I need to be. Um, makes it so I, I don't see a good reason to spend a lot of money on having my own range. Uh, to me, the whole 200 acres is a range and, uh, plenty of coyotes, which makes it well, fun. That took, to something real. that took a long time. So, uh, just, Sorry. just, well, it took a while just to tell us that you're not even going to make a range. All right. Well, I guess I'd tell you why. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. But uh, then it ended up with you shooting dogs, and it was super anticlimactic. So um, let's go to the rest of the panel, and let's build a range on Teddy's land anyway, in spite of Teddy and his crazy ideas about going to some public range. You have 200 acres. You got all of Teddy's money. Uh, dog, what are you going to be making over there? Oh, we're putting up. We're putting in a crow's nest for sniper practice. We're putting in at least a 1,000-yard range. And uh, we're definitely going to build a couple bunkers so we can have some shoot houses. So you're talking like 360 berms where you got like a snail shaped berm where you can kind of crawl into it through like a, a kind of like a maze almost. And then you get yep. in and you can shoot in all 360 degrees with berm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're saying you're coming through low. I can't ever tell if I'm because I'm half deaf and I got fans running here and stuff. But, uh, they're saying you're low taste when you talk, yell louder, I guess. Um, Pink, you got Teddy's land, you got all his money, you're building ranges. 
I don't know if I'd disturb the uh, property too much with building too much. I I would probably just stick up um, like air, you know, 500 targets on a berm or something like that and just uh, use that. Oh, we didn't ask. Teddy, do you got mountains in this land? Is there hills? Okay. Uh, right before the river on one side, there's a small, which almost what you would call a berm. It's like a sand berm, and it's about uh, 15 feet tall. So I already have sort of a built-in berm uh, to shoot on, but most of it's flat rangeland. Okay, so you will need uh, some kind of a pusher, dirt pusher, uh, out there to move to make some berms. It sounds like. Right, except for the one that exists there for the, the river created. Um, so here's what I'm saying. I'm thinking you go out there with some sort of a, you're going to have to buy something, backhoe or something more even substantial than that. But I'm thinking go out there and dig a trench, a deep, deep, deep trench. Maybe I'd probably make it three lanes wide and then uh, either get three, I don't know, maybe... Uh, shipping containers maybe make just maybe bury uh i don't know how many shipping containers three or four and then bury them and then scoot the dirt right back over the top of them do exactly what pink said just put a whole button mess of steel out there uh on your land at different known distances and then uh, uh that way you got your indoor range or your underground range because unless i'm wrong it's going to get hot up there right uh, yeah, we got all four seasons. So uh, that way you can shoot all the time. Even when it's cold out, you can go underneath there and shoot. Put up some yeah. solar panels, run some LED lights in there, some sort of a cool pulley thingy, you know, so you don't have to walk back and forth for your targets. And, uh, you know, some sort of a carpety thing or something to baffle some of that noise. And uh, I'd go underground and then up top, keep it kind of natural like pink sand. That's kind of a nice idea, to tell you the truth. You're welcome. <laughs> All about spending your money. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a person object. Well, you know, if, if you do everything at once and you try to do it instantaneously, then you could spend a lot of money. But if you do things one thing at a time, over time, you add a container, you add maybe two, you put yourself in tractor is not an issue because I, a tractor is necessary for everything that I do. Uh, so, you know, building the trench and putting in the berm and whatnot is really, that's a zero expense to me. Um, you know, except for some diesel on the tractor, you know what I mean? Uh, well, if you're, in, if you're in this for the long haul, Teddy, let me, uh, you know, after the show, I'll give you my uh, information, and you can will the property to me, and I'll be sure to carry on all this stuff that you uh, want done to the property. I have four children. <laughs> oh, Are they Pink, make sure, Pink will make sure that they don't get any of your inheritance. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Pink is promising to make sure that your legacy lives on. <laughs> Exactly. But I, I'm just, I mean, 
good suggestions like that are always, uh, I didn't think of putting an indoor range for my own personal use. Uh, and to keep out of the elements, being with disability and whatnot, that might be actually a really beneficial thing, you know? Make it a complete, uh, uh, how do you put it? I hate using the term because, you know, nobody wants to be disabled and nobody wants to be handicapped, so I get, don't like to use the term, but putting in a complete handicap range I don't know what the floor or cargo containers are, but they're probably just that corrugated metal, like the bottom of a pickup. Yeah. You could yeah. lay them down and then just skim some concrete. Probably cost a bunch though. Cheaper. I've never, I've never seen it done with concrete. I've always seen them lined with plywood, but concrete would be efficient to fill up those gaps. I don't know. It would probably cost a lot more than just putting some old plywood down. And you well, money's, you well, money's no object, right? True. Yeah, we, we talked about <laughs> Eddie's money. So uh, you could just, I don't know if you lay them on top, though. They're not really, they're going to just be super hot. Just lay them on the ground. Lay them on dirt. It's going to get super hot in there. Well, you can put them underground. And, yeah, I wonder. Uh, you would end up with, uh, I, I'm doing uh, geothermal for my heating and cooling anyway. So running a geothermal duct to my uh from my greenhouses to my uh underground shooting range so how are you how deep are you going for that uh out here we're going boom, boom, boom. we're going six feet down oh well dude if you're gonna dig a giant long trench let's say 100 yards long to how long is a cargo container let's go figure that out my, my the cargo container i have now is 40 foot oh okay Hey guys, how's it going? Good. So you're gonna need 25 cargo containers to do a thousand. Probably don't want to do that, I guess. So uh, you need two and a half of them to do a hundred yards. So if you did five of them, you'd have 200 yards. So if you did three or four, you'd have plenty, right? Yeah, you'd have a, especially because you would want it more as a handgun range, I'd imagine. Uh, huh. If you're going to go to all the trouble of digging a trench and burying cargo containers, I would think throw another one in there. What's it cost? If you never end up using it, it didn't cost you that much more to dig the hole. But if Plus you ever want to go back later, it's a pain in the ass. But you got to practice with your uh, lever action that you'll be buying. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Well, hold on, hold on. What I was going to say is if you're going to dig a trench for these multiple cargo containers, potentially they're going to be deeper than six feet. So you're digging your trench for your heat transfer right then at the same time. Correct. And I don't know if you really want that to just be in dead, what are you going to bury salt or something? No, uh, geothermal is piping and you run coolant through the piping. Right. But do you, what do you lay the pipe in? Is it's in something, isn't it? Or is it just no. rock? No, it's just in the ground. You want it to have as much contact with the earth as possible. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't know. Whatever they end up doing, it, you probably want it to be isolated. So you would just run a little bit wider trench than the containers. But anyway, you could be digging all that at the same time. 
Oh, you put it underneath the containers. That's the better bet. Oh, there you go. See, now you're thinking. And now it's now the containers are helping with the heat sink, you know, the geothermal. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you just dig a, you know, you only have to go maybe a foot or two underneath the containers on a small thing and then put the containers down and, and uh, then cover it over. You'd be pretty solid. It seems like we got a plan, so let's go ahead and get this done. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Gay Jedi, we can get him to you know haul the stuff for us. He is a trucker. He probably has his own rig and everything, right? Really? There you go. Jedi will deliver the stuff. I volunteer to test the stuff. We're all good. We got all situations covered. <laughs> And, you know, I could set up the electrical for, like, a six-pack. No? All right. Whatever. So how's it going, everybody? I appreciate the invite, by the way, Gwebs. Sure. Thanks for jumping in. I'm sorry. This is Adam. Yes, it is I. Being that my memory is not who it is, have I met you before? I don't think we've ever met before, man. How's it going? Uh, I've been on Matt's chat for what are we going on probably like two months now okay uh, i i don't add very much but it's fun you know any uh so i'll throw a little philosophy at you okay so samuel clements mark twain okay he said if i give you a dollar and you give me a dollar we made an even exchange but neither one of us gained but if I give you a thought and you give me a thought, we made an even exchange and we both gained. So these type of chats is all about an even exchange of thoughts that make us all gain and in, in, uh, make us richer as people. This is true, Biff. Uh, I don't know if you saw my, uh, my question, I guess, to the panel in, in the gun channel side, but uh, do y'all see any other need for any type of ammo like any proprietary ammo anything that needs to come out or do we have pretty much what we need out there already um so i i kind of have to tackle this in two ways proprietary ammo i have mixed feelings about all the time but i never want there to not be advancements in ammo i always want ammo to keep advancing because i feel like that's going to be the next evolution of the gun I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would. So eventually, though, it's going to come to the point of diminishing returns, right? We can only make this thing either so small or so big. Well, that's my that's my some sign though. But because you 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 you're talking if you mean in terms of the bullet aspect yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, because ammo, I'm thinking of the whole package. Uh, and like I said, I, I never want that to stop evolving. Well, yeah, because yeah. I mean, ammo could potentially now be like gas powered or some shit like that. Well, you know I'm what saying, I mean? I, I want to get to plasma rounds in my lifetime. Okay, that's not go <laughs> that's not gonna happen though. <laughs> mm -mm. I I could dream, but <laughs> in terms of bullets, I I kind of agree with you. I think that and right now you're seeing a lot of copycatting or recycling of the old 
and they're trying to market it as new. And most of what's been new, like the uh, the RIP ammo and stuff that came out a couple of years ago, yeah. has really it, it's been more. That's where I think you're talking about, like the diminished returns. That there there was no gain for that. Hmm. About that. I'm sorry. What? There's probably something. There's always something. There's always a silver lining somewhere. I mean, it, it got people enthusiastic about. I don't know, 380. I remember Yankee had a big boner for 380 because of that ammo, right? Because yeah, like in the, uh, apparently in the smaller yeah. calibers, it, it, it worked pretty well. Uh, but like in the bigger calibers, it, it was like bad. Like real bad. Well, I mean, I think right now, like the biggest advances you're seeing in terms of the bullet is that they're trying, they're finally really investing in alternative materials besides lead. You know, now you have these companies making these solid copper ones, and you have these companies making the copper polymer blended bullets and stuff for different uses. So, you know, th there is advancement still there. I now in regards to like the proprietary, like, do we need new calibers? I don't know. That that's a tough one. I mean, I, I want to say we don't, but at the same time, I just got convinced that I need to buy an adaption kit so my 1911 can shoot. Uh, 22 TMC. So oh, just buy Rock Island. I already own it. Oh, that's why I'm just gonna. I got. I gotta buy the conversion barrel. But <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I think the only advancement I saw that makes sense to me going forward is that smart bullet thing. What? Enlighten. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's a. It's a bullet that fires from a something i don't know what exactly what gun it's firing for uh, from but you give it a trajectory and it'll follow that trajectory to to its target a gps bullet like a missile you mean that scope where if you click mm -hmm. on something it'll follow it and then shoot when it's nest when it's uh it's called the army's xm25 with smart bullets I think it's pretty. Uh, it's, so yeah, if you just Google smart bullets, let me just uh, share that real quick. All right, because I've heard of a ordinance where you can set the ordinance to you know how it's gonna, I guess, ignite or whatever the hell it would explode when it gets to where it's going. And right now, it's only for military, but that's pretty so much it right there. XM twenty five, huh? Yep, and it's a. Uh, well, I mean, it's with smart bullets, and okay. I don't. Huh? How come there's a picture of it on the one thing, but when you get to Wikipedia, there's no picture of it? I don't like, know. Because XM25 shows me a grenade launcher. That's why I'm. All right. Well, here's that picture of what we're talking about right here. Stop sharing. And then... Wait a minute. Yeah, see, that's that's the bullet. That's it right there. I don't know what it's coming from, but that's it. Mm, this is the bullet from the movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Run away. Yeah. yeah run away. Yep. There's again the too. So this I don't think is legit, but let's try to see a better picture of it. For one thing, that's a heck of a lot of. To be shooting out 
and this part of it is projectile, but this part of it looks like an auto gyro. Mm -hmm. So why is it necked? And then this whole thing comes out of the gun. Like that whole thing is coming out of the gun. Uh, so the U.S. Uh, military calls it a 50 caliber smart bullet. I know that much. And it's uh, in production by DARPA. Nope. Or it's developed by DARPA. Yes, this is the biggest one I'll get. I I have to ask the question of what do you think its main purpose would be in a civilian application? Would you go hunting with such a uh, we, uh, a thing that probably cost you know? If it I mean, I would. It, it, it'll so if it is uh, tracking your target. All you need to do is shoot once. You don't have to worry about it hitting anything else. You know, it'll always get food for you. You know what I mean? Now, it won't come to the fucking... It won't come to the civilian market for years and years and years. If it is, you know, but... Okay, so let me take a second here. Because what I have is called the... I'm probably going to mispronounce this. E-X-A-C-T-O Exacto. Uh, which is the acronym made for the 50 cal sniper rifle bullet designed by DARPA. It is a new for the 50 BMG. It is a coordinating system between the rifle and the optic. The optic using a modified version of the laser guidance system uh, method of patterning the target with laser for projectile fire detected. So really this is more, from what I'm reading, it says it's more about the targeting system than necessarily about the bullet. I mean, but the targeting system also has to communicate with the bullet. Well, according to what I'm reading here, the targeting system is per, is, is, is a predicting system. It's taking, you know, uh, what we would normally call guidance, like how we guide, mm -hmm. guide the shot when you shoot your shotguns. And it's just doing that artificially for you. So it's leading the shot for them. It's not actually like, directing the bullet while it's mid-flight uh well i, I don't know because so they 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 have the testing of it right and i'm seeing it right here uh, well let me share this i don't know if i can that's the can y'all see that yeah that's the actual bullet moving so <clears throat> I have more of a philosophical question about it is I, I notice a lot of people, they think that if they buy a new gun, that they're going to become a better shooter. Okay. And they don't practice with the, with the firearm they have. Mm -hmm. So if you had such a bullet, okay, is it going to take away from where people or some Yahoo thinks that the new ammunition is going to replace them actually practicing or actually becoming, uh, I think the expertise of shooting is, you know, peaceful and solace and wonderful, you know? I don't know that I would want the bullet to do all the work for me. Oh, no, I mean, it's nice that this, this advancement's coming up. It's not going to be practical for us, you know what I mean? At least I don't think it is. 
Well, I mean, it's it's technology that's definitely more susceptible to. I mean, the more technology you you incorporate into fighting, there does come to a point where, if the weapon itself cannot be manually used without the aid of the technology, it did you really gain anything, or did you open yourself up to weakness? Um, you know, that being said, if they are making bullets that can essentially pull off the RoboCop thing where the bullet flies through the air and he's able to direct it all through, you know, all around corners I, on a, the nerd in me thinks that's cool, but I don't know if I, how I feel about it. <laughs> so basically a bullet a projectile is the, you know, something with some weight and some mass and some shape coming out of a barrel, usually uh, and usually expelled by expanding gases. So that thing's now flying through the air, and every once in a while we'll uh, leave a cavity in the back of it, and we'll fill that with some sort of a chemical that ignites with the burning gases and uh, leaves a streak through the air like a tracer. Uh -huh. Sometimes we'll do things inside the bullet like explosive gizmos and whatnot. So I don't think it would be that hard to put one hole on the side, you know, the, the side of a bullet. So uh, somewhere up front, probably. And with a valve that would be tiny, but a valve. And then you could almost have almost anything, I would think. Like even just uh, well, anything. You probably wouldn't even bother. You would just use the expanding uh, gases to light some sort of a something that creates some sort of pressure in there and then with that valve and a little bit of pressure if you were to influence the spin because it's a bullet then i guess we also forgot to say a bullet is pushed through the rifling so it's going to be spinning like a football when it comes out of there as it's going forward it's also rotating right so if you were to have a computer that was fast enough and a valve that was reliable is enough it wouldn't even have to be all that fast as long as the computer knew how fast the valve was uh it could put influence you know it could open that valve potentially you know at the right time to create enough influence to move a bullet one way or the other in any of the what two or three directions two axes i guess mm -hmm. it's not going to make it spin in a circle but it could certainly move it to the left or the right but the problem is it would also have to have tracking capability. So it, even if you could make a projectile move left to right, what's the brain that tells it to move left or right? And how does it recognize what you shot at and have target recognition and all that? Even if it didn't need all that and it had to Bluetooth up to something, what is that in a rifle? Is you know, do We don't have a, a drone flying overwatch that coordinates where our projectiles are going. So it sounds like something that would need so much support because there's just not enough physical room inside of that thing to hold all the the computers to do the whatnot you know just all the different uh things that would be necessary for targeting it and then how much room would left be left after all that for payload like to actually make the thing effective as a projectile when it hits unless it was just going into flash and that's a heck of a lot of effort to hit flash yeah. The mask just hurt my head. Thanks, Gwebs. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, no. I, I I mean, besides, like I said, to me, it's more like an ethical type thing. But if, as far as advances in ammo or in firearms, do you think 
it's like the Chiapa rhino having a, a little different ability so you didn't have so much muzzle rise or whatnot. Do you think that the advances in firearms and ammo would be more uh, so that you uh, minimize inertia uh, so you wouldn't have as much, uh, you know, kickback or muzzle rise or anything going on when you're shooting? When, do you think that that would be the next advances? Well, I mean, I think that's kind of the goal already you know, a huge marketing ploy for a lot of these gun companies and they come out with their new design. What is it, the uh, the Hudson that has the super low bore axis and they're trying to build the sniper, not the sniper, the, uh, they're trying to build the suppressor and everything into it. They're not trying to build the suppressor into it, are they? One of them was. One of them was trying to build the suppressor into the gun. Well, a Maxim has a suppressor built in. There we go, the Maxim. That's what I was trying to think of. But, what was your point, Teddy? You were saying is there still development? Yeah, I'm saying that if, just like you're talking about the maxim or whatnot, that if we if we're talking about tech and new developments, uh, having re reducing the inertia in in uh, uh, and, and creating uh, more uh, inertia for the projectile going forward, but not as much inertia coming backwards, minimizing the, the kickback for the muzzle rise uh, would be, I think, the next advancements in firearms. Well, yeah, they already experimented with the, like, dumbing down the projectile to the point where it's basically ineffective with the 9 millimeter. And yeah, they're gonna actual energy downrange without hurting the, the the fragile shooters that are weaken themselves to nine millimeter now. So they, I think that uh, what is it? Well, I mean, I guess we're talking rifle or pistol. I guess it matters, but it seems like every couple of months now there's a brand new, more quiet, more deadly, more surgically precise uh, caliber, right? Two two something this or three something that, and that it fits in an AR platform miraculously. So it, I mean, I'm fucking around, but isn't it? Aren't they getting, you know, using the platform, which is pretty much handy. Everybody likes it. Now, you, as long as something fits in that magwell, uh, they can sky's the limit, and they're going nuts with the math and the machining, and they're making calibers that do everything right they get really skinny and go for distance and, and flat trajectory and then they go real fat and they go slow and they make them quiet as shit right yep and then uh, some the middle i guess with some of them so there's there's also something with this that i i don't know if y'all seen that the, the, this targeting system yet but for non-lethal rounds the targeting system gets to your target right like before you shoot it it, it it picks up your target does the trajectory does how much force it needs to be to where it's not going to be uh, lethal as, as soon as you shoot the bullet there can only be less than lethal there's yeah less yeah yeah i don't okay less than lethal I apologize. So basically the same thing i was saying like some sort of uh 
little computer chip that could tell its proximity and then at the last minute shoot some of its energy from some kind of like incendiary or some kind of jet pack of energy to shoot forward so that it slows it down and just what knocks them in. Yeah, uh, so it's, and I, I don't think it uses gunpowder to shoot the, feature, you, the bullet out though. Are you I talking about, the, you're talking about the riot rifle, right? The one that basically adjusts air pressure yep, for distance. There you go. It, it's a, it, it's an air rifle that shoots rubber bullets that you're talking about. Yeah, that thing's yeah. fucking awesome. So, so what now, what is it? There's a there's a rifle that they're trying to market to law enforcement for breaking for basically they're using it for breaking up riots. It's designed to shoot the rub those hard rubber rounds or those beanbag rounds, and it's supposed to calibrate the distance between. Uh, the person shooting the weapon and the crowd and adjust the air pressure automatically to ensure that the rounds are less than lethal. Oh, okay. So it has some sort of like laser rangefinder built mm -hmm. in. Yeah. That's pretty uh, I like that. I, I mean, we, yeah, we could, couldn't that then transition to an actual bullet for like over penetration or stuff like, you know, stuff like that? I see. Not, no, um, you, hold on. How long do you think once that that contraption so it's going to be something like uh geodony right where the stock is the air tank and the front is the magazine somewhere and it's just got to have a bunch of wads of rubber or little bean bags like you're saying right yeah uh, got that range finder how long before the cops figure out they can range find some building like six blocks behind them and then right at the last minute drop it down and then right <laughs> what? I don't know why I do it. <laughs> Almost immediately. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, what about a shotgun shell or a shotgun that loads the shell for you and you can just turn a dial and say what, how much load you want? For yeah, that's called doing? Judge Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> that's Judge Dredd. And again, I hope I live long enough. <laughs> Double whammy. We're also going to get wicked-ass motorcycles when those guns are invented, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, I'm old enough to remember in computers when we had the little TI-99s was my first computer, okay? And the fact that a computer was an entire building in order to do processing of what we do now, okay? So I have hope that advances will be made uh, faster than you think. All right, so are you ready for this? Or you, I don't know how old you're old, so I don't know. If this, if this starts to hurt, let us know, and we'll, we'll, we'll slow down. But uh, we're going with the premise that nothing changes tech-wise. So I don't know why we're, we insist on going with that premise as if we, we always seem to go with the, and that we, the whole culture, always seems to go with the premise that we're at the pinnacle. Like, oh, we figured it all out now. We you know, just have to figure out what to do with all this scientific splendor. And then five minutes later, we figure out something that blows everybody's minds. So maybe let's talk about something like gravity. Or at this point, gravity seems like if you're talking about playing with gravity, you're a magician or you're some sort of crazy man, right? Although I'm a, I would assume somebody who thought you could be in the however different, what are we in Nevada, Ohio, and uh, Arizona right here. And where are you at, Adam? California? Uh, Texas. Oh, shit. Sorry about I am. I apologize. Good. Thanks. So, uh, uh, it was the taco. I assumed California. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, anyway, if, I, if we would have talked to some old cowpoke back in the 1800s about how we're magically talking to each other all the time at night, he'd say, we're crazy, right? You can't just talk to each other from those distances and share photographs and you're crazy. So what if they figure out something different with gravity? Like, oh, all you have to do is this, and then boom, we got hovercrafts, and we don't need, uh, what are they called, um, rail guns when you've got gravity. you got gravity guns. And that's where you get to what Ted's talking about, because then you just need a pebble and a BB and a, I don't know, something a little bit bigger, like the old, you know, 30 caliber slug, or, you know, one or two uh, round uh, slugs, I guess. And then uh, once you can gravity hurl them, then you can tell that thing, like, you know, knock this guy down or take them out. Well, I mean, once we get to the point where we have gravity manipulation, literally the stars are the limit. So, uh, no. well, there was no parameter on this that we have to be fighting or we have to be using this gun on Earth. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Once we, once we get to the point where we have gravity, gravity manipulation technology, our technology will have advanced to the point where literally, Earth will be the least of our worries. <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking about space force? No, we're way beyond that. We're talking yeah. about being able to manipulate gravity, like he's saying. So right. next, you have some, you know, how Earth's. Whatever the size thing is that you manipulate gravity with, it'll eventually get smaller. You put that into some sort of a rifle. Even if we evolve past, you know, we're Star Trek and we evolve past war, but you're still going to want to develop a cool thing that can wing like a BB, you know, way over there and knock something over accurately. We're still going to have that interest and that pursuit and that skill set and then the, you know, mechanical innovation and stuff. So. I mean, I don't think, like you're saying, it'll be the least of our worries. I still think we'll be creating, somebody will be creating well, cool yeah. guns. Uh, I mean, that's basically at the point where, ah, uh, oh, God, I hate to bring up a sci-fi. Uh, if anybody watched the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where the girl had those metal orbs that she could manipulate that were floating around her. Which girl? I mean, Which uh, she was the evil villain who was like the warrior chick who was there to fight everybody. Uh, but well, anyway... One from the like team or whatever, the one that's been in it for a while. No, this was the girl who was on last season. She was the, she was like the evil villain henchman's sidekick. But have you seen the the superhero movie from Russia called The Guardians? No. Oh, that sounds like a ripoff of one of the dudes in that. Show. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been used in sci-fi a couple of times. That's just the most notable one that came to my head. But yeah, I mean, once we get to the point where we have gravity manipulation, we're going to be on a whole other level of weaponry, where we can manipulate something, you know, be it the size of a BB or the size of a, a marble or whatever it might be, and we'll have that ability to. You're talking about levitation capabilities and the ability to throw things in all kinds of weird ways. I will tell you this: we're making great advances in that area right now and uh <clears throat> the problem is that it is uh working against some of the paradigms of uh of basic um physics so uh but we we're starting to have a new understanding of what gravity is So we're making great advances in that in my lifetime i think no we already seen what gravity what a graviton is or some shit, right they they measured it or something 
Correct. So we're just like minutes away. Yeah, like I said, I think that that's all great, and that's way above my education level. Uh, as long as nobody tells me the Earth is flat, I am game. I'm on board. It's a donut. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that theory before. So yeah. it's not said that it's flat because that's ridiculous. But you can walk around it. It's just that there's a donut shape, and that's what the aurora borealis is. When everybody's like, "Oh, look, the Northern Lights!" Like, no, you're just looking at the other side of that fucking donut. Isn't that the black hole theory? That there's a black hole in the center of the Earth. Yeah, it kind of coincides with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a whole new donut theory. I've never even heard. Is this a thing, <laughs> or did Pink just yeah. make a donut theory? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll show. I'll give you a link here in a sec. Where's Dead Horse? Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a freaking thing. I've seen some of the YouTube videos. It's a thing. <laughs> Oh, the Flat Earth Society is a thing, too. Yeah, I know. And I, anytime anyone opens their mouth and wants to talk to me about it, I look at them and go, we can't All have right. this conversation. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. Earth is a giant donut. You take that giant donut and you slice it in half. So you've got a half a donut. Now you're standing on the skin of the donut, right? The, the surface of Earth. And you shoot a gun. It's going to go along until it reaches towards the center of the donut. And then it's going to get into that weird gravity vortex where, you know, Earth, the donut, is, you know, applying equal gravitation from all directions. And it's going to have some momentum, but then it's going to be likely to just keep going up and around the other side of the donut. And then it's going to come around and follow the, you know, the perimeter of the donut. It's going to get back to that center again and then can go through it and come around and then it'll come right past you and go on its same path and that if you look at it from a cross section is basically an infinity sign so then that bullet would travel forever in that path except that we have atmospheric uh it's called density it's just density <laughs> give him this all right he, he wants this to happen just let him have it yeah so here, okay. here's the <laughs> It is kind of what it looks like. It, what they do is they take pictures of an angle that it looks kind of round, but you're just looking at the edge of the donut. Yep. Uh, no, so scientists actually are saying that it could have been the shape of a donut as well. And, that, and, we never and it and it made and then it made the moon. We never okay. went to the moon, and there's no satellites that actually have pictures of the Earth. If we live on a donut, then we are officially a figment of Homer Simpson's dreams. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So, uh, uh, does the moon travel like through the hole of the donut, or like around the perimeter of the outside of the? Moon? I'm not sure. I mean, it would kind of have to be both, right? Because the North Pole's what, what, what the, the poles on this donut? What if the moon does like a figure eight through the donut? That's what I was saying. If the moon does a figure eight through the donut and you lay that down on its side, that figure eight is the infinity sign and the moon will never stop spinning through the donut. Yeah. So is the donut actually spinning as well or is it the donut like turning on it's itself rolling. in a donut? It's rolling like a wheel, but it's not like rolling like... A, a quarter. Like you would flick a quarter. It's not, it's not doing... the. Oh no! It has to be doing that too, right? It's running like a tire in a yeah, circle. So it's spinning like a gyroscope. So and it's also flipping all around, like a, yeah, like one of them things that you stick your hands and your feet into, and it shakes you all directions and makes it throw up. So if the moon is a donut, 
can't be a donut. The moon is like a giant cup of coffee floating around out there. I'm I saying, thought... <laughs> if the Earth is a donut, then the moon actually doesn't exist as a physical body. It's just a light refraction from the concave nature of the donut. I thought you were going to say it was a donut hole and I was going to be happy. Oh. <laughs> 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 My head hurts. Yeah. I can't believe they actually said that. That's so how you can get like six months. Over twenty-four hours, the donut performs one complete rotate. What what kind of rotation? We live in a three-dimensional space. No, no, no. You only think like you live in a three-dimensional space. <laughs> it spins like a wheel, so it's going. Uh, in Twelve hours. Yeah, you know, it's doing half of rotation. So, isn't that the new theory in physics that we have twenty-seven dimensions? Oh no! Yeah, we have an infinite amount of dimensions. We can only measure four. We can measure X, Y, Z, and time. And like Sean was saying today, this is this is uh, this isn't the polar ice cap, uh, caps. These are, this is actually glaze. It's a glazed donut. It's a glazing of a donut, of course. Nice. Yeah. But who it puts total sense? So. Now then, we get to the point to who put the glaze there. Oh, aliens! Saying, are we sure it's not a Bismarck or a Long John? <laughs> uh, boy. Well, my question is, who's the jerk that came and licked all the glaze off the rest of the donut? Yeah. <laughs> aliens. So, if, really, though, if you ever look at a what when they do like a I guess from radar or some sort of seismic something, they do the three-dimensional images of the Earth without the oceans on it, like if the water was all gone. You ever seen those pictures? Yeah, almost, those are pretty cool. It looks almost like a head or some shit, like a coconut. It looks different than we're used to seeing it. All right, well, that's enough farting around with that. So um, we're not getting paid by the hour here. I think we've gone over our allotted time by a bit. And we've been BSing, and it's Friday. So I was also hoping some of the people from Tulsa jumped in. So we see that they didn't. So it's either too late for them or they're partying. The two. They're partying. So we'll uh, see if they're going to be available tomorrow to uh, share some of the show. And uh, maybe when they're sitting around taking breaks and stuff, they'll uh, have some live stuff happening over at the Gun Channel's table at the show. Otherwise, uh, Travis does Caliber Corner on every Saturday morning. Long, long time now. He's been doing that. It's a, uh, kind of a mix between a prepared show. I think he prepares some things for it, and then uh, a panel discussion. Then uh, there's usually some sort of a live thing, a lobby. We'll have some sort of show in the morning or in the afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in. And then uh, Rick, newly uh, located and relocated to uh, Indiana, does Rick's life as I see it. Another pretty fun show to listen to on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday evening, we start to see some of the um, regular shows that uh, three or four of those, depending on if people's lives interfere with their schedules. Sometimes they'll push them to Sunday. But, uh, and I know, well, at least uh, um, Snob is at Wanamaker, so I'm not sure if they'll be doing their shows on schedule or not. 
butt, hang out on gun channels and see what's happening. And if there's nothing happening that you're interested in, start doing something and don't be surprised when people will show up and join in. And uh, you guys have anything you want to plug or chat about before we head out? If you uh, want to talk about dogs and dogs and guns, you're always more than welcome to reach out to me at muscledogmafia.com. And if you're looking for uh, to get anybody a book to help them with their new dog journey, because puppy season's right around the corner, my book is for sale also at muscledogmafia.com. What's the name of your book? Pound for Pound, Building Healthy Athletic Dogs. And that's on Amazon? It's on Amazon, or you can go straight to my website at musledogmafia.com and buy it there. I have to do things on Kindle for, so I can enlarge the print. That's why I asked the question. Still click on it from my website. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. I'm all about promoting. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. Nope. I, I, that was all I had. All right. Otherwise, uh, oh, I was going to do this. Duh. I don't do this. I should have done this at the beginning of the show when there was like more people watching. But uh, we do have a bunch of stuff over on the Gear Website Store. Gear Website Store is our store. It's one of the ways that are one of our major ways that we keep our projects online. And uh, we know that a lot of people don't just like to uh, uh, throw money at projects like PBS or something like that. They consider that a handout. And uh, this is an effort to create products that are interesting or hopefully valuable or at least entertaining uh, to give you some exchange if you're interested in for, uh, helping to support the projects financially. So uh, we have uh, did the, the, what do you call it, the uh, patch batch uh, 2018. And that was a pretty, uh, for us at least, it was a pretty ambitious move to do 10 different designs all at once. And it uh, worked out pretty well, luckily. Uh, the, you know, it's always risky uh, having a bunch of vendors and, and stuff involved. But and I've got a weird sideways picture here. But did a um, bacon pancakes patch. Uh, got the uh, gun show loophole tour ticket in PBC. And a van. That van uh, lines up with the old van patch. So that they kind of either point at each other or they kind of frame something they're kind of pointed in different orientations hmm. uh, we've got the uh, new spam can which is the chinese uh 762 by 39 a more military style can uh then we did the uh, fu media patch which will never be available for sale uh we did the chairs against the wall part of the beginning of this show is the um what is that the, i guess the radio free america thing from uh, red dawn and uh, one of the things they say in there is the chairs against the wall. And uh, it's been kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a saying that people have taken on to kind of uh, give each other a nod if they understand what they're talking about. You know, people who are aware of the potential need for the resistance, right? Or whatever it means to you. So anyway, there's the chair against the wall. That's going to be a series. It's a, I think it's a cool thing. It's been around since the olden days. And... Uh, um, I'm going to do a series of different chairs. This is the first one. We've got the Wolverines patch. Wolverine holding the Wolverines, well, holding an AK like the movie. And uh, again, I won't sell that one. That'll only be available uh, as an extra or a perk here and there. 
Uh, did I already mention the bacon pancakes patch? It doesn't have eggs. No, there's no eggs. It's just bacon pancakes. So the story there is um, Pottery. It's a whole big gun channel thing. Pottery started uh, posting links to this little cartoon dog singing about bacon pancakes. And it's one of these songs that gets in your head. And it's one of these songs that since it gets in your head, a bunch of people on the internet have put together like 10-hour compilations of that oh, song. Uh, they've had it through like what 16 different uh, languages singing it. Just all kinds of fun with it. And uh, we would play that on this show quite a bit. And uh, then Open Face uh, Hot Dog Sandwich uh, likes to make pancakes, I guess. So uh, he's always talking about them. And we were in a chat, and I was working on some art, and uh, he ended up sending me a photograph of some real bacon pancakes that he made. Um, and uh, I ended up making that into uh, some artwork, and then we made uh, a prototype patch on the sewing machines here in Tucson, and then uh, eventually now in the patch patch, turned it into a PVC patch. So that one's kind of cool. That is nice. Uh, then uh, the last one is that big, well, I guess not the last one, the next ones are those five gun channels, uh, ranger eyes. Ranger eyes come from the uh, back of a military helmet. You have two little, um, usually IR or sometimes reflective uh, designators, like friendly fire type of thing. If you see these little two eyes hovering, you know it's one of the back of your guy's heads, not enemy or something. So uh, ranger eyes are what people call those little tabs. And that's come to mean any little small one inch by one inch patch anymore. So we made gun channels, uh, ranger eyes, and we did them in five colors because it's our fifth anniversary. And uh, black and pink and blue and orange and green. The orange and the green are black G's, but the uh, black background, the pink background, and the blue background all have white G's, but those are also glow in the dark uh, G's. So that's uh, going out as a set. And uh, that's the fifth anniversary. I think it's the sixth version of the Gun Channels patches that we've done. And I won't do that again. It's super expensive to do a series of colors like that and a little bit more for glow in the dark. And it was just a pain in the ass. So uh, just going to sell those as sets of five probably. And when they're gone, they're gone. And we'll do another normal size or bigger size in the future. Uh, and then lastly is that big giant uh, lever action uh, rifle. So that's a 10-inch patch, um, huge, really like it. It's going to the biggest thing we could possibly fit into our envelopes and not have to pay more than $4 in shipping. So uh, they're pretty cool. I think they came out really well, and uh, they're, they should be pretty decent scale with the revolvers that we've already done. So uh, that's the patch batch, and a bunch of those are available. Say some of them you'll never be able to buy. But uh, a bunch of them are available up on the store, and all the inventories are up to date over there. So anybody that's interested in, uh, again, getting a little something cool, uh, buying something as a gift maybe, or uh, just supporting what we're doing here and taking that patch and throwing it away when you get it. We don't care what you do with it. But uh, we hey, do appreciate the people that purchase stuff over there. Hey, Gwen, did you want to pass that link in the, uh, post that link in the chat real quick for him? Right, shit, huh? Thanks. And what is the... Uh the lever action patch help what size is that it's about 10 inches well it is 10 inches long and then it's about two inches tall no kidding that's a cool patch yeah it's pretty big i didn't want to go half stepping 
I wanted it to be in scale with our already existing revolvers that were four inches by almost two inches. Um, so uh, it is free patch Friday. I think I started off with all that. So every Friday, anything you buy at the store is going to come with a free patch. So even if you went there and bought a bubble gum or a gumball, I guess, even though we don't sell them, but it, whatever you'd buy, we'd send you a free patch. And uh, on Fridays, and every time you spend $25, no matter what day it is, you get a free patch also. So anybody that's you know spending money on a Friday is getting uh, all kinds of free stuff out of the inventory. And like I said, we've got lots of cool stuff now. So hopefully it's a little bit of something for everybody or something that you can gift to someone. And uh, this is one of the cool things we can do with uh, a whole shit ton of them. Uh, bunch of rifles and a bunch of revolvers. pretty nice and the uh new decks of cards uh should be here soon i just paid for shipping on those so hopefully they went in the mail today i don't know about that i paid for it today so and we'll see but anyway hopefully before too long we'll see the uh the new decks of cards the firearms and ventures as well all right that's enough uh, the commercial so again we try to do that so that we're not influenced by either some manufacturer or I don't know anybody really so uh we appreciate the people that do allow us to do this in a sloppy way and in a way that lets us kind of be nimble and play with stuff and uh figure out new ways to work the internet to the advantage of the second amendment in our communities oh, i guess we're gonna do this i don't know does anybody happen to have a quote throw a quote out there we used to do a quote at the end of the shows thought So that was Teddy being rude earlier. Yep. Um, what do you mean? It's an um, joke. To explain it. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were saying something different when you were saying something earlier. Uh, so, what kind of quote do you want? Firearms related quote, if you got one off the top of your head. I don't have a firearm related one. I'm more in philosophy. Speak softly and carry a big stick. So yesterday I was over there on the YouTube site saying ready for the next Kalashnikov ID card series. Um, that's actually interesting. It's getting, it's getting, you know, as I'm into my going into my fourth decks cards now, it's definitely easier to, to, to create them. I just need the time to do it. So uh, I've been definitely uh, rolling around what to do with a AK type of thing again. Um, there's a couple of different ways to go with it. I'd say head over to uh, Patreon or head over to Gun Channels. But the problem, again, one of the reasons I bitch about YouTube, besides the fact that YouTube hates guns, which means that they hate our community and our culture, they hate what we think is important you know, for our country, that means they hate us. So that's one of the reasons I don't like YouTube. Uh, but also when we chat like this in the side chat, it's great for the conversation. And I guess you could say it's on the video. But uh, we, I at least do too many of these live chats. I do not retain everything that's said in the scroll of a text chat. So uh, something, you know, of that kind of idea, I would say send it over, you know, an email or uh, contact us over on Patreon or something. But uh, I would like to get a discussion going on that. And to that end, I guess what I what that reminded me of is I was thinking about doing, or at least yeah, I guess I was thinking about it, and then I posted a poll. On whether or not people would be interested and it sounds like people might be 
uh, doing a video, uh, whatever you call it, uh, Q&A, I guess, uh, for Patreon people or on Patreon so that the Patreon people can ask questions or what. I'm uh, probably going to do that tomorrow and uh, going to do it already to see what get on a schedule of it. But if anybody's interested, that'll be probably sometime during the day tomorrow, uh, especially if nobody's doing anything over in Tulsa. If somebody's doing something in Tulsa, I'm going to try to court them. So I got I got a quote for you, G. Um, this is I don't know who originally said this. This was a prayer that was taught to me when I started my line of work, uh, and it was told to me as the prayer of the gun and knife fighter. May my hands be fast and my aim be true, and may I see the smiles tomorrow. Um, there's nobody setting anything up over on gun channels, so if anybody'd like to uh, run an after chat, some kind of an open lobby, so people could chat, that'd be great. And uh, otherwise, you know, gun channels will just wither away and die. You know, you just well, where's uh, um, God. The, the people that have abandoned us? Let me get. Trying to think of his name, who usually runs oh, the chat. Knives. He has well, a lot of time. And then. Pink? Uh, Pink? Remember those that era? Uh, yeah. How about. Are you talking about Taters? Are you talking about Dead Horse? Are you talking taters, about Andrew? Taters. Taters. Dead, Dead Horse and Knives has a hangout going on right now. So I am. I'm kidding around. But uh, yeah, we do have a pretty good group of people over there. Knives does have one going. Uh, but like I say, Taters has them going all the time. Uh, Dead Horse jumps in and has them going like all of all during the day. I've seen Angelina jump in there and run one when Taters is at work or just not at able. And uh, Pants used to run them for a long time. Pink gets needs to get credit more often for starting that whole concept of running the lobby and leaving it going. Literally, gun channels wouldn't even be here today. After about year two and a half, uh, it was getting to be bleak. And it was a bunch of garbage happening, and nobody was really digging it. And you could just tell a bunch of people were showing up, you know, either out of obligation or out of curiosity. But nobody was really having a good time. And Pink changed that, having an open lobby and basically turning on a computer his place, leaving the lobby open, trusting the community, and going to work. And uh, we went for years, literally for years. Uh, without anybody screwing with this thing or getting copyright strikes or anything. Well, maybe here and there occasionally, but not you know, to any kind of abusive thing, if I remember right. And I really appreciate that, man, because we wouldn't even have gun channels if it wasn't for that effort. I remember that's when I first, uh, what, three years ago, joined. Was it because of that or in spite of that or that you just stumbled across that and had no... Well, actually, uh, Yankee was promoting... At big time, I, I was watching Yankee. Oh, you're one of his people. Ugh. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Gwibs. <laughs> we're, we're everybody's people here, okay? And then I got into the gun channels and having the open chat that he used to do all the time. Used to be kind of, you remember, I couldn't walk uh, for a long time. So I was kind of bedridden. And that chat, I swear, was one of those things that like saved my life. So I appreciate the hell out of gun channels. I call it. I call it my therapy session. Right on. Every once in a while, it stresses you, gets your blood pressure going. Every once in a while, you laugh a little bit. Hopefully, it all comes out. Not like that. I've only found wonderful people on gun channels. I mean, really, really nice, genuinely good people. 
chat with and to actually have as a associate type, you know? Dude, yeah, I, I, not as a living, but I'm definitely familiar with all the different numbers and the, the matrix side of the internet when you look at it from the underbelly. And, uh, you know, when you look at gun channels, we're talking, I think, something like 8,000, almost 7,000 something, high 7,000s members altogether. 6,000 something of them are still members, like only 1,000 of them have left. Uh, hundreds that use the place every day, dozens that are literally. You know, this is their place to hang out, period. And then, what, five assholes throughout the whole history of the thing? Maybe. Thanks, Quibs. I appreciate and, you calling me an asshole. And I'm counting that one guy who was like 50 BM or 50 AE to the face, you know, and then there was something before that. Even I'm counting what's his face from Florida yeah. um, with the Mosin, right? So I'm talking, I'm stretching, I'm reaching people that are just kind of a, you know, annoying to the fact where they got to be like annoying, but you know, there's just, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. This has been an excellent group of people and, and that's not due to any site design or formula or recipe. It's a hundred percent the community. So it's everybody making that happen. It's awesome. I agree. Which yep. is what makes me optimistic that when people want to get pessimistic or, or so, you know, discouraged, fuck that. <laughs> There we we find people constantly who are cool, and this we're just one little website with no advertising and not really trying hard to find people. So, you know, people can just come across it and find it. And you know, a lot of people have come and gone, but if ever needed, if we ever had a 2000, uh, early 2013 type of situation again, we've had stuff, you know, with the elections and things. People know to come back, and they know the conversations that are happening over here and the value of the worth. And, uh, yeah, well, let's quick patting ourselves on the back, go over, hang out with knives, have an open chat, and talk about farting and gym shoes, whatever the fuck we're going to talk about. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining in this week. We'll be back next week. Probably a little bit tighter format, you know, as I get more time. Buy shit off of gearwebsites.com, and it'll be the tightest format show you've ever seen. I got, I got ideas. I got ideas. Guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.